What's up, chicks, dicks, and everything in between? I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sapita. And you're listening to Two Salty Broads. We have no idea what we're doing. We're not experts in anything. But we know a little about a lot, and we have a lot of opinions to back it up. So get ready for our salty surprise. Right. We're supposed <laughs> to keep going. I was so proud that I didn't fuck it up. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> I know. You, you, I thought there'd be... <laughs> No better way to introduce a new podcast uh, than to talk about. <laughs> so sorry. Silence was- your fucking cell phone. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try this again, <laughs> shall we? Yeah. Okay, do we go from the intro? We decided that there'd be no better way to introduce a podcast than to talk about first impressions, uh, mostly because you're probably going to draw your own first impressions about us, and they likely won't be good. Um, And we only say that because I think our first impressions that people have of us are usually not right. Um, And I mean, our journey as friends, I wouldn't call it interesting. It's pretty standard, but I do think that we had first impressions, or I had a first impression of you. Yeah, I had a first impression of you, too. Did you? Okay. I did, yeah, but <laughs> feel free my, to share it. <laughs> well, I should say, though, that the first time we met, I don't think we really talked, um, but all I remember you, all I remember from you is that you were dressed up as a loofah for Halloween, and everyone else is wearing standard Halloween costumes, <laughs> but you were there in it to win it as a big, round, blue... The costume was big. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. The costume was, but that was a sizable loofah costume too. And I, you said that you handmade it, right? I did. So I put together a bunch of cans, like cans of beans, and I put this shirt on the beans. This was my mannequin. Very high tech, very, very uh, fashion institute stuff. Uh, mm. I'm not, I'm not a seamstress, but I tried. And I sewed together a bunch of tulle, and then I like glued a rubber duck on a headband and painted some bubbles on my face, and then boom, loofah. And I was so proud of this shit that I thought for sure that I was going to win the costume contest or at least place. And I did not, in fact, win. I did not place. I lost to a sexy pirate who bought her costume from like Party City or whatever. And it was that day that I learned that effort does not matter. Boobies matter. And I just didn't accentuate mine enough. I think if I'd cut out two holes. Yeah. But then maybe you would have had a worse impression of me. Well, I don't know, honestly, because I didn't even have any impression of you. You were just a loofah. That's, that's <laughs> I was all swallowed you were. up by the tool. I you was that swa- unforgettable. Yes, you were. I am white. People actually don't remember my face a lot. <laughs> I'll go places if I don't make an impression or I'll make an impression and it's usually bad or I don't make one at all. And people just forget that they saw me, which means that I could very easily maybe commit a crime and then <laughs> maybe pin it on you. But <laughs> Well, yes, because you guys all voted me less, like, the least likely to be able to talk myself out of anything. This is because this is true, Sabita. You look semi-guilty all the time. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I- when I first met you, I, w- I didn't, like, want to not be your friend, but I, like, wasn't sure. You were intimidating a little bit. You just have a look about you. I think it's because you're small. Yeah. And you just instantly have to be on the defensive so you just always look like mildly, I don't want to say mean because that's not it. I think it's more like 
ready to throw down yeah a little a little bit and i i know i told you this before but your eyes looked like that of an old fisherman because <laughs> you just look like you've seen some shit you know some shit and you're gonna maybe throw some shit in my face metaphorically and or literally i don't know but <laughs> i just wasn't sure because you know you were planning the wedding that our mutual friends were in you were helping out mm -hmm. the bride and you knew all your shit you knew everybody i did not and it was a little intimidating. But here's the thing. I felt like you knew everybody too. And I felt, I'm just you know, loud. We, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> the volume just overshadowed everything else. You know, your impression of me being angry and mean is actually, it's really funny because my uh, sister-in-law, that was her first impression of me too. We were in high school standing in the cafeteria line and it was chimichanga day. And I wanted those damn chimichangas. And I think I was a, a freshman or sophomore at this point, but I am well below average height, like four three, four five, <laughs> something along those lines. I have matured into a strong four foot ten woman, but <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not there just yet. And my now sister in law was standing behind me in the line, and she was a couple years older. And these these older boys come in to cut in front of me and for some reason i was hungry i wanted my goddamn chimichangas and i did not want them to eat all of them so i lost it i define lose it well i, I don't remember what happened i yelled <laughs> at them whatever it was tail buck tucked between their legs they went to the back of the line i blacked out however i, I feel like i'm not an angry person i just i wanted food if you if you piss me off if you do wrong, I will stand up for the righteous. I think you're just a defender of good I and of, of all things right and moral. I mean, you got to wait in the line if you yeah. want your chimichanga. Respect the cue, man. I have Respect a lady chub right now after hearing that story. This is <laughs> news you. to me. I did not know this no. story, and I got mad respect, and my nips might be – we're half-masked right now. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> mad respect, dog. This is, this is good shit. This is why – I get to just learn at minimum. I get to learn some stuff about you at minimum Same at maximum. I've got incriminating shit that I can throw in your face. Should you ever choose to wrong me? I mean, at this point, everyone has this incriminating shit. Yeah, so right. everyone will just be like, Sapita, don't open your mouth. Remember this story or do wider. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to know each other a little bit more, though, um, in the process of wedding planning, especially when it came down to choosing bridesmaids' dresses. Because as every woman, woman um, you know, with female friends at 20 to 30 years old, knows that bridesmaid season is... It sucks. It's a thing. I'm going to say it's it. A it thing. sucks. It's hard. I mean, you love your friends. We love our yes. friends that got married. I would say yes in a heartbeat. But... I would have stipulations. Well, but... I We'll say this. I think there's nothing that bonds friends like shared trauma. Exactly. And trying to fit into dresses that were counter to everything you wanted, i.e. strapless, mm -hmm. you did not want. I we got strapless. Want. I did not want either. We had to deal with some characters. We'll just say, we'll call them characters in the bridal party. And it was just a, a difficult. Sometimes it was a little difficult. And I think in that we decided, hey, I don't hate you. Mm -hmm. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly. And turns out you hate just as much as I do. So let's be friends. And from that ashy pile of hate grew a kind of semi-okay looking friendship flower. 
it, it, it looks a little worse for the wear, but it, it works. It, 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 I think it really does work. And it's, um, I, the only thing that's coming to mind is peonies. I don't know why. Sometimes they bloom, sometimes they peony, don't. But... Dude, we are a dandelion on the New Did York miss... sidewalk that's covered in pizza sauce and some old homeless guy's fart dust. That's that's what our friendship Honestly. flower looks like. But it's hardy because that thing has been there since 1978 or whatever, and it'll continue to be there. It so will. That's our friendship flower. But we are getting right. off topic. We're here to talk about first impressions. Yes. And let's get back on the topic train, shall we? Toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but mm. first impressions for me, they're always, well, they're not always wrong, I guess. But the ones that I get the most, the ones that I have to battle the most is that everybody assumes that I'm a whore. I was told my senior year of high school, this is a direct quote, that Lindsay, when I first met you, I thought you were a raging whore. That is a direct quote. And I ended up dating that person who said that like three months later. <laughs> Tells me a lot about your self-esteem. It says a lot more about me than it does about the person who said it. <laughs> Whoops. Now, what makes a whore raging? She wears too much under eyeliner and wears sweatpants from skin industries <laughs> and rocket dog sandals her freshman year of high school <laughs> i think that because i didn't know that's what we were wearing nowadays that's what i wore my freshman year and that i think is what got me the title and i, I think part of it is i'm very loud as you may have gathered by now and i happen to not be very filtery with my words and i would if i thought something was funny i wanted people to share and laugh and i would just say it and it was probably a dirty joke or something really crude and i think people just got that i since i was very free and loose with my words that meant that i was free and loose with everything else and it's funny because i never i didn't go on a single date in high school <laughs> i had no boyfriends i didn't like I, I, there was none of that going on. And I think it just, I had this mystique about me. People joked that I was a prostitute and I worked the corner by the high school. And rather than fight the image, I just said, yeah. And I give out punch cards by 10 blowies, get the 11th free. Because if you're going to be berated or made fun of, you just be funnier than the people making fun of you. And then that's it. But so raging whore, or I also got before that I, somebody said one time, Lindsay, I think you'd be a wild fuck. <laughs> That's a compliment, but it also is kind of counter. I tried to think of all my interactions with this person. And I thought, okay, what have I done to garner that response? And I did deep throat a pickle one time in front of this person, but it was because I thought it was really cool that I could like put this thing in my mouth, like a lot of it. <laughs> and it didn't occur to me legitimately, unironically. I wasn't, this isn't me playing dumb. It just didn't occur to me that this was sexual. I just thought I was being really impressive. <laughs> Wait, don't you have a impressive um, talent? I can put a whole apple in my mouth. And I did it at a talent show at a church retreat <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> because I, I thought it was fucking cool that I could do that and nobody else could do it. <laughs> I now shudder to think. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't an adult, but I was almost. And I shudder to think at what the, the younger people there thought. I'm not even worried about the adults. I'm worried about like the 14 and 15 year olds. I'm like sweating <laughs> saying this now in front of the freaking microphone. This is really horrible. So that's the impression that I usually give off, unfortunately. 
Um, <laughs> Speedo, what kind of impressions do you give people? <laughs> so I've, uh, I've put them into two categories, right? The first is the impression that you had upon first meeting me, that I am a bitch. You know, I, I, I tend to... My face just tends to go to resting bitch face. So if I'm not really actively talking to someone or talking about something um, around someone, I might come across a little bit scary, a little bit combative. However, in a work environment especially, I have been said that I'm very cheerful and that I'm actually a, a pleasure to be around. It has even gone so far as for when people um, refer to me in a work environment, they've called me bubbly. I've even won a, an award from, from my job. Yeah, when I was in college, I was uh, working at the newspaper. And the award that they gave me, I guess because I'm not really good at my job in advertising, was <laughs> most bubbly. <clears throat> that sounds like a participation award. It was a participation <laughs> award. Okay. It was also very inaccurate because I might seem bubbly, but inside I'm not. I, I don't think that that would describe me personally. Maybe I'm a combination of bubbly and straight up cold hearted bitch. Somewhere in the middle of that is where I, I kind of, I, I lay. But I have a question about your bubbly thing. I want to circle back to that really okay. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like bubbly with these people? Because I, I have a hard time. I just I'm going off of what I've seen. <laughs> this is so counter. So are you like an entirely different person in your workplace? Do you like just every inner ounce of patience and strength you have just comes out in this form of this super like just effervescent person? So I have a very impressive customer service voice. And can we hear a sample? Yes, you can. So <laughs> When I answer the phone, or right now, I'm working only remotely. So all they hear is this customer service voice. So I say, hey, how's it going? Are you having a good day? All right, well, let's let's circle back. Let's find out what's going on. Um, you know, I just want to help. How's your day been? I don't talk like that normally. Yeah. Thank God. We wouldn't be friends. <laughs> even, e even when I was in, in person at my old job... Um, my boss knew me, so we had a, a much more natural uh, relationship. And someone called me once while she was standing at my desk. And I said, hello, this is Sapita. And she busted out laughing. Because she said, what kind of voice is that? So I, I have like a straight up customer service voice. But I've not always been like this. I, I wasn't bubbly or mean uh growing up as a kid i was starved for attention as a kid so a lot of the relationships that i built as a kid were actually um strained at first possibly um one of my best friends now the first time i met her we were about 10 or 11 years old at a family party um and growing up especially as a kid i didn't have very many friends at all i was um the opposite of what of whatever popular is. So, you know, just think of like the school pariah in in elementary school. <laughs> okay. And I wanted nothing more than to be liked. And and I wanted to be one of those popular girls. So I would watch all these movies. She's all that. Um I'm trying to think Clueless. All of these movies were like 
there, you know, there's definitely a hierarchy of popularness. And I you weren't would, even in that pyramid. You were just I I was I fell off the pyramid and I was <laughs> under the under the dirt. Um but to me the epitome of popularity was a cheerleader. I don't know, you know. That's fine. You you yeah. grew up in the 90s. I, did, I think I did. how many teen movies featured the popular girl being like head cheerleader. That makes sense. That it's, checks out. Yeah. So when I'm 10 years old and I'm at a party, a family friends party, so um you know, I don't really know anyone. This girl's there she's about my age i wanted to show off and tell her how fucking awesome i am so i told her that i was a cheerleader i was the captain of my cheerleading squad in elementary school apparently i had a boyfriend and i was (laughs) at 10 years old at 10 years old (laughs) i am the coolest bitch you will ever meet because i am one of those popular mean girls apparently and she hated me so much so that her dad and my dad actually got to know each other and that they became friends um so he would try to like schedule play dates and she would be on the other end of the phone screaming no because <laughs> she didn't want to hang out with cool sapita she did not want to <laughs> hang out with cool sapita thankfully we've moved past that um I mean, she had no choice in the matter. So I think just overexposure to me made her realize how lame I actually am. And, but maybe you're not, maybe her idea of lame was the head cheerleader who had a boyfriend. Maybe Maybe that was, because like, what is cool, right? Not to get philosophical. And I mean, like, you know, you, you lied to try to give a first impression. I, I never learned that, (laughs) that that was a good idea. I just was always who I was. Well, I mean, like, maybe it would have made me cool, but, like, I used to have a signature hairdo called the palm tree. <laughs> Not, I didn't name it. Somebody it else like did. stuck to the top It was of like a head? bun with spikes behind it. <laughs> P- figure that out. And I had a gap in between my teeth, and I used to spit water out of it because I thought it was really funny. <laughs> so I just always did shit that I thought was funny. And it what that ended up being was that I was never friends with, I mean, I was friends with the cool kids, but I was never a cool kid. You know, there's a difference. And it also is kind of, if I'm not a whore, people don't think I'm a whore. They think I'm weird. I can't tell you how many people after meeting me and if they get past the weirdness and they are saying, oh, she's being herself. I can be myself too. They'll admit like, oh, hey, when I first met you, I thought you were like super weird. Like a really good friend of mine, we met playing water polo. And she said, when I first met you, you were like off-puttingly weird. And her justification was that I decided to play sports my junior year of high school. And that was like just it didn't fit her social understanding of how things should go. Um, And I also said like dumb shit all the time because I thought it was funny. My whole thing that gets me into trouble is I think something's funny and I want to share it. And apparently that just is not a good idea. (laughs) But that's okay because I've found over time that if you just keep being who you is, are will want to be whatever (laughs) the people will either get on the train with you and ride it out or they will say fuck no that's not for me and then it just it sorts itself out but I was talking to my hairdresser about this when I said we wanted to do the podcast and he asked oh what's the you know what do you want to do for your first episode and um, I told him and he actually gave some pretty good insight because he grew up in the 80s so he grew up in the 90s so he's a little older than us and he said that there was a saying with his friends when they went out that if she smokes she pokes so when (laughs) that sounds so crass but it's funny because it rhymes (laughs) if you go out to the bar and there's a girl that's smoking 
or being loud, making jokes. She's the fast and loose type. And the friend who's sitting there quietly like you, let's say we're going out and I'm like, ha ha penis ah, or whatever <laughs> that's exactly how it is that's, yeah that's out. probably how it is and someone then, once threw a pita at us actually this is true we'll put a pin in that and revisit yeah, that that's sorry, a good I didn't mean to that's a good that, story no it's a good story and you know what that's a, that's first, a first impression, impression. that is a first impression mm-hmm. i forgot all about that yeah okay so anyway yeah. long story short girls that are quiet are very uh chaste and girls that are not are loosey-goosey according to information from the 80s so i think there's just always been that kind of through line and i mean so the story about the pita go ahead sapita <laughs> that's Fuck you. you brought it what do you mean she, they threw it because of me bitch. i know so, but the the story about the pita go ahead sapita yeah but it's different you're you're a d and this is a t sapita okay. i've had teachers call me pita bread before because they couldn't say my name okay <laughs> tell the fucking story (laughs) okay so we're at a restaurant it's mediterranean restaurant they put like loaves of fresh pita bread in your basket and we're just talking normally i mean i guess not normally for this kind of establishment but normally for us and there is a couple and i'm like 90 percent sure the girl was pissed drunk she they, was yeah the she, waiter admitted it i think did they yeah it was like their anniversary though but she was like she was not cool drunk you know like there's cool drunk and then there's whatever she was and she was so pissed off that at one point we just see a, a bag of pita bread just fly towards us and it like landed i think short of our table a little bit yeah she didn't have very good aim she did God. not because she wasn't that far either i no. mean she could have hit one of us in the head I wish she would have, because then I could have eaten it. But I know, but it fell on the floor. I probably would have still eaten it. You've stopped me from eating <laughs> things off the floor before. I have. I, have. <laughs> I was going to eat a pickled green bean, and you threatened our friendship. <laughs> it was in the middle of a lazy dog. You don't know what was on the floor. It fell on the but floor. But I, I know what's on the floor right now is my green bean, and I want it in my mouth. <laughs> we're not See, giving off the best first impression right now no uh one time <laughs> at a burger king i had a woman thought i was a single mom that happened because i looked so sad and my niece and nephew were there running around and then they, they came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and they were like it'll get better <laughs> did you play into it i didn't realize what happened i thought they heard me complaining about my boss oh. and then they left and then it like hit me like a train i was like they thought that that my me oh it it, i was like at a loss for words but we're like at this burger king and they kept saying watch me watch me i no i was like 23 i think but i was there with my mom and stepdad so it's like grandma and grandpa Grandpa, took the single mom and her two kids out for dinner because she just mommy just can't right now (laughs) it's pretty so I guess what we're getting at here is that first impressions, they're like drunk sex. They're they're quick, usually bad, and rooted in poor judgment. And ours are almost always wrong. Yes. The thing about first impressions, too, is that when it comes to social media, they don't get to experience you in person as much as, you know, you and I got to experience Dude, ourselves. So true, and I mean, like the impressions are everywhere in 2021 now. Like, think about Sapita in '96 and Sapita in 2021. You're giving out impressions to people that you don't even know you're giving impressions to, especially online. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, didn't you like look up some stuff 
about impressions and like online. I, so I looked up online dating because that's basically where a lot of people are giving their first impressions to someone that they either want to build a romantic relationship with or, you know, maybe even get married to one day. Mm-hmm. So what they, you know, what, what the um, research found was um, there was a survey done uh, by Pew in 2019 uh, and I don't have the data on me. Oh, wait. Yeah, you I do. do. <gasps> Lindsay coming to the rescue, almost tipping over <laughs> her tea. Making Dan uncomfortable. Okay, so <laughs> uh, in terms of online dating and finding a partner through platforms, um, it is more common among adults who are younger and um, those who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual. And I think the reason for that is that younger individuals are more inclined to meet other people through these online platforms. Because if you think about it, how are you thinking that you're going to meet someone romantically right now? It would either be someone that you know or your friends know or someone that you randomly meet at a bar, which... which no, yikes. Yeah, yeah. No Been one there, done do that. that. No, thank you. So... What the research found uh, was that 30% of adults have used a dating app or a website in the past. Now, of those 30%, only 12 have ever married or been in a committed relationship with someone that they found (laughs) on these dating apps. That number is less than half, which that's quite hefty. But, I mean, that's all U.S. adults, right? So let's take a segment of the that adult population, say 18 to 29, which is still a little bit younger than we are, but... Only a little bit. Only a little bit, so it doesn't count. And plus, in 2019, we fell in that category. Yeah, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, man. This is a sensitive subject, okay? <laughs> so, of that age group, 48% have used a dating site or app. So already that's half of the population that is that age group. Of that 48%, only 17 have ever married or been in a committed relationship with someone they found on a dating site. Do you think that's based on first impressions or do you think that's based on like, not analysis paralysis, but I think it's so easy to just like look at people and then when you're exposed to that many people, you start to like, that's when the first impressions really come into play, I guess. So maybe it is linked to first impressions. I I think that it's even more so, right? right? Because now your expectations of their first impression are held to a higher standard than they might have before. Like, before you might have been like, oh, yeah, if the guy has a photo of himself holding a fish, that's not necessarily a, a roadblock to me wanting to get to know him. That just means he likes the fish. Maybe his dad taught him to fish. We're just going down this, this rabbit hole. But <laughs> in today's world, if you see a guy with a fish... In a dating app, because it's so common, you Mm. might assume he's got nothing of substance there. Yeah, the impression's changed. Yeah, and what it means changed. That's, I mean, that's true, and you're right. And I I mean, that's the reason why I don't usually, oh, usually, I've actually, full disclosure, I've never participated in online dating, mostly because I'm convinced that my personality would not translate well online. For reasons I just mentioned, I mean, I I put a funny little joke in my bio and I think somebody's going to equate that to, oh, she's just looking to hit it and quit it or what or whatever. They may be like, oh, she's 
really stupid because that's I get that that we did a survey you guys um and we can talk about that in a minute I we polled people about first impressions and sometimes I come off unintelligent (laughs) and I I so between that and not being able to string together five decent photographs because that's a huge part of first impressions Mm -hmm. um literally I had my sister go through my camera roll she couldn't pick five out (laughs) that should go into a profile so between all of that i haven't participated so i'm one of the 52 that have not participated i think i what i should do is i should change it and then give you guys like a follow-up on first impressions and see how it went we We should have an update we could do like a little follow-up and actually do a little science experiment because i uh you know i'm a scientist at heart i don't mind experimenting you Um, are what do you do i'm a project manager for a biotech company um but you have a master's degree i do in biomechanics what we have a smart one here ladies and gentlemen (laughs) s-m-u-r-t actually you want to talk about first impressions um when i was doing my biomechanics thesis and uh doing my research topic which was sports bras originally i was going to design a sports bra and the head of the engineering department who was a woman said hey present your idea to the mechanical engineers see if anybody wants to pair up with you for their project and you guys can design a bra so i gave this very well thought out presentation to a room full of all men and except for two women and they were incredibly rude to me i can't even describe i mean the questions that they were fielding to me after they weren't like sexual um, cause I don't think any of these people have ever seen a booby in their life. <laughs> they might've Googled it once, but never seen a live one. And they, they were just giving me the most condescending questions, talking to me like I was stupid. And I have proof that yeah. they thought I was stupid because I had a friend in that department and they were talking shit on me after, and he had to defend me. So I do come off as unintelligent because i'm friendly <laughs> and i and i have a sense of humor but you know so, what you're talking about i mean in the dude and when it comes to titties i do know what i'm talking about i have a master's degree in titties that semester i saw so many pairs of boobs it was like spring break for 16 weeks and those dudes had a chance to get in on the fun and they missed out so bad yeah. bad on you yeah. <laughs> who who won here me <laughs> We're getting off. We were supposed to be talking about online dating and we ended up talking about me having a master's degree in titties. But the thing is, you know, you are smart, but if you were to translate that into a dating online profile, you might not get the matches that you necessarily. It's almost a hundred percent that I wouldn't. Yeah. And this is so I'm, you're right. My, my personality just would not translate well online. I don't think, but we're going to do it and we'll give you an update because science exactly exactly um the research actually also in terms of shared interests and hobbies actually did uh do a follow-up question um and they asked uh you know is it easier to find someone on a dating app that they find attractive or have shared common interests with of those polled um 49% said it was somewhat easy to find someone on a dating site that they had shared common interests with. 15% said it was very easy. So the vast majority, I think, are looking for someone that shares their hobbies and interests. It's just, I think there's a disconnect between what men think that women want them to, you know, 
to like. Well, there's probably also a disconnect the other way around what yeah. women think men want to see, which exactly. like, of course, I mean, men are visual. Women are visual to a degree too, but men more so. And so you give off a certain impression that you know is going to yeah. hook them initially. Is it going to hook them long term? Probably not. So no. maybe that's why that commitment number is so low. I think so too. You know yeah. what I mean? And I mean, the whole first impression thing, that's not, we didn't just like wake up one day and have them. We learned them over time. And that's why, like, some people's first impressions of me, they thought I was dumb or that I was uh, slutty or that I was a single mom because, like, and I read this, you guys. I didn't make this up. I didn't just think this into existence. I was reading about this. Um, and in the book I was reading, it talks about how we formulate our ju- our judging capacities. And it comes down to something called the book of law. And, like, when you're a kid – your parents or legal guardians or whatever, the adults in your life, teachers, uncles, uh, aunts, grandparents, whatever, they kind of tell you, they give you a guide of how to judge things. This is a, what a good girl, good boy, student, uh, son, daughter, sister, brother, friend, whatever does. And as you grow up and you keep hearing these uh, re- repetitions of all these agreements, the second you adopt the agreement it becomes part of your book of law so somebody could say something over and over again but if you don't agree with it it doesn't go into that book but the second you say that makes sense to me and i'm talking on like a subconscious level you don't just actually go yep (laughs) (laughs) but when you subconsciously agree to this it goes into that book and you reference that book for everything how you should be, how you should dress, what impressions you think you're giving off. And then everybody else refers to their book and that determines how they perceive you. And you so, can... So, like, if someone is loud and uses humor a lot, and if they're a woman, mm-hmm. you could perceive that as them being a whore. Right. So if you perceive, like, going back to the engineering department, if you mm-hmm. perceive my friendliness and my effervescence... Um, and maybe like the color of my hair, right? The dumb blonde stigma. Um, maybe the fact that I'm a woman, I don't know where these dudes land on, on women Mm -hmm. and intelligence. I I don't even want to (laughs) know, but whatever they referenced in their book of law, it didn't match up with the impression that I was giving off. And it, it ended up with a negative impression. And that knowing that though is super freeing because you know that like, it's out of your hands. Like I can't control how you think because you're you wrote your own book. Your parents helped you write your book. I have I don't even know what's in it. It's not my business. It's like super freeing. But I think it's also kind of interesting to reflect on sometimes. Especially I'm gonna <laughs> I'm bringing up one topic in particular because you and I spend an, an unhealthy <laughs> amount of time talking about it. We do, we do. But so, it's one of my favorites. It is. It is. It is. Okay. So there's the concept of like. And I'm sh- I'm not sure where everybody lands on this, and whether you agree with it or disagree with it, that's not really the issue. It's just there is a train of thought out there that like, or the stigma that quote fat people are funny end quote, or like the in in movies, if you have like the super handsome friend, his sidekick is always like the not so handsome guy. You know, think like the Will Smith and Kevin James pair. Kevin James is playing a certain role, and Will Smith is playing a certain role, and that's not knocking either of them it's just hollywood kind of formulated this book of law this rule to put in your book of law and a lot of people have adopted it and we (laughs) have turned it into something completely different sapita i think this is now probably where you should introduce it because i feel like i don't even know where this originated from do you remember i think i think i do actually i think you and i were talking about oh i know how this started oh good i know exactly (laughs) how this started so 
you and I were talking with one of our mutual friends about uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh my God, what? <laughs> yes, we were talking about Pearl Harbor and um, uh, who would Never you forget. rather, basically. You know, no, 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 not the, not, oh shit, no. The, the movie, movie Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we, we almost went down a weird path. Yeah. No, the movie. okay, sorry, the movie Pearl Harbor. And, um, you know, a would you rather of sorts, right? Either you are team Ben Affleck or you are team Josh Harnett. Right. And you and I are so much on team Josh Harnett. Yes, forget Ben Affleck. Oh, He's a lovely him. actor, but sorry. <laughs> but she thought that we were actually insane. Because she said that Josh Harnett has a unibrow and he's not attractive. And you and I were... Yeah. And somehow, from that, she decided to attack us for some of the characters that we have found attractive Mm. in our time. Because she said that they are, you know, not really attractive. They're they're ugly or, you know, some... some She attacked our taste is what she did. She did. Yeah. And the thing is that in us talking about it, we realized that Hollywood does set a huge standard of beauty when it comes to men and to women. Mm -hmm. And those actors who are very, very talented, but aren't the Ben Affleck's of the world or the George Clooney's of the world. They're, they're not the the quote unquote leading man. Right. Are sometimes overlooked for their attractiveness Mm -hmm. or what we like to call their charisma, because that at least to us is, a very telling sign of whether or not someone is hot or not. Yeah. I mean, literally what we call it is charismatic, not hots. Exactly. You are charismatic as hell, but you are not classically handsome. And we say by Hollywood definition, exactly. classically handsome, but you are so charismatic that I would hop in that sack with you quicker than the person who's classically handsome. Yeah. I mean, just like your first crush, right? My <laughs> Yes. And I say this with pride. Judge if you will. But I, my first crush ever in this life was Ryan Stiles from Whose Line Is It Anyway? I, little eight-year-old me, nine, whatever, how old I was at the time, was in love with him. Because every time I watched that show, he always just made me laugh. He just was a funny ass guy. He's not an ugly person, no. not by any stretch of the imagination. But is Ryan Stiles on the same plane as like George Clooney? I I don't know. Maybe not to me. Maybe not to Hollywood. But to eight year old Lindsay, <laughs> woof. <laughs> he was, and you know, and maybe even thirty year old me would be into it. So Ryan Stiles, if you're listening. <laughs> Wow, that's really impressive. You must be real deep in Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or whatever if you found me here. But uh, I'm proud of it. And he maybe that's where my obsession with Charismatic Not Hot started. Maybe, maybe. So what we wanted to do with our podcast is at the end of the segment, really kind of choose one actor or one character. It doesn't even have to be um, the actor itself uh, that we find is the epitome of charismatic, not hot. Mm-hmm. And our for our first uh, ever <laughs> charismatic, not hot, um, the recipient goes to a, an American actor. He is known for his roles in TV and film. Some of the most more notable roles include that in Roseanne's The Flintstones, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and most charismatically, The Big Lebowski. A big yabba daddy do to John Goodman. <laughs> 
he's on this list, but this yabba daddy do thing <laughs> has me just spinning right now. I'm not. I wasn't ready for I mean, it. But who, who deserves the title of daddy more than John Goodman? Like, what kind of daddy? That, I, no, 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 <laughs> no. I didn't ask that. Forget it. Forget it. That's a rabbit hole that I am afraid to go down with you. That's why a- is <laughs> why is John Goodman on this list? Let's explain it. So, well, okay. So something about that vest in the Big Lebowski, just mm. it it does that and the yellow the shooting glasses. glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. I don't know why. But I also think it's the 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 don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah, or like when he gets yeah. into the fight in the bowling alley parking lot. Yeah, it's yeah. That chaotic energy. You're like, wow. If you're willing to do that in a parking lot, what exactly. are you willing to do behind closed doors? <laughs> exactly. But he's also, you know, Mr. Flintstone at the same time. And so, would you bang? Okay, not even. Okay, not even John Goodman. Just Miss. Just Fred Flintstone. Where do you land on him? Not as high as John Goodman. As Fred Flintstone, or just John Goodman. Just John Goodman. Just John Goodman. Just got, yeah. Okay, yeah. so but John Goodman as Fred Flintstone is like double points. Well. I'm trying to I'm taking him as Walter and Big Lebowski. That's where I'm getting it. Here's the thing. Yeah. Walter and Big Lebowski is probably peak John Goodman. Maybe not for his career. Although, I don't know. Maybe he'll disagree. But I don't know where he lands. He probably doesn't want to be on this list at all. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't get a choice because he doesn't have the microphone. So too bad. All we're trying to say is he's so talented and he's so charismatic yeah. in in like funny but not funny ways too. He's like just a really good actor and he, he just kind of oozes a charisma. And it's he's got a, a great voice, like that that low baritone yeah. voice. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's like a panty dropper, panty disintegrator. Exactly, even. just right comes right off. And uh, how many lady boner points would you give him? Six. I think he's a solid six. Yeah. yeah. Six a, lady boner points. Not six on a scale of, you know, on a hot scale. It, this is... This is our scale. Yeah. It's different. Uh, so I think that kind of concludes our first ever podcast episode. Yeah. It was kind of fun debasing ourselves on mic. I'll, I'll say this. It wasn't actually too bad. I don't think we said anything that incriminating or that bad. Not yet, at least. Not yet. Because I know some of the episodes that we have planned... I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm not looking forward to (laughs) to touching on them because I know I'm going to immediately regret saying most of the things that I'll be saying, but that's okay. That's a, a, that's a topic for another day and that's a bridge to cross at another time. And we'll worry about it when we get to it. Yeah. You know, in journalism, they say what's bad for you is good for the story. And we've got some really good stuff (laughs) for you. So if you like what you've heard and you want to hear some really embarrassing shit, then follow us on socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Two Salty Broads, T-W-O Salty Broads. And if you want to talk some shit or if you want to send us an episode idea, go ahead and email twosaltybroads at gmail.com. That's two spelled T-W-O. I'm Sapita. And I'm Lindsay. Stay, Stay salty. salty.